0: Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting
2: network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is officially Sunday, no matter where you are. Some of you guys are right now staring at 4 a.m. because you wound up losing an hour. If that is the case for you, I certainly do apologize. I will be experiencing that in about an hour or two, so that's always a lot of fun. But with that said, have some fun here in the final hour of the greg peterson experience take a look at the five games that we've got for sunday we're also going to be taking a look at some betting trends that you've been able to find with regards to some of the teams that did wind up making the ncaa tournaments other teams that we are going to be finding as well so i do think that this is going to be very important to take a look at because we're going to be able to take a look at this bracket from so many different ways when it comes to sunday obviously a betting perspective and against a spread perspective as well and i just want to give you guys a couple teams that you should be able to find a little bit of a, I guess you could call it value on, because you do have a bunch of teams in general that they've been able to do a good job of being able to come up clutch for you all season long. And then you've got a couple other teams that they're just not necessarily in great reason for. Them. we were talking with Matt Humans in the last hour about this with regards to a Purdue team that, have failed to cover each out of their last nine games it's been relatively rough for them we are going to be refreshing the dk nation pick that i wanted giving out in the last hour in the final segment because it does involve the iowa versus purdue game but with that said it is a purdue team that granted pretty much all their spreads are were bigger than the one that they're going to be experiencing here on sunday but they are oh eight and one against the spread heading into their game on Sunday. So they certainly have been in bad form and you're going to find that there have been a couple of teams that have been making a lot of money as an underdog thus far this season in college basketball. You take a look at a team that if they are an underdog, you've been able to make a lot of money on them. That'd be a pair of teams actually. And they want to play against each other earlier in the season. That'd be Wisconsin and Providence. If you take a look at them as an underdog, this is not against the spread. This is outright. Whenever they are a betting underdog, Wisconsin and Providence both, seven and two straight up. That is ridiculous. So if you want to take the money line in every one of those games, well, you want to find yourself up a whole lot of units and you'll notice that the common theme with both of these teams is that not a lot was expected of them. I mean, Providence and Wisconsin were both teams that wound up entering into the season as like mid range teams with regards to their outlook with regards to the conference, Wisconsin time and time again, they were able to get the job done now, the big thing with Wisconsin is, is Johnny Davis going to be 100% for the NCAA tournament? We noticed when he was off the court in that Nebraska game, Wisconsin wound up losing outright. I would say that with Johnny Davis probably looked, I would say, 80%, 85% when the team wound up playing against Michigan State a few days ago. Now, I think that that's up to a little bit of debate, but I do think that these two teams are going to be very fascinating because you've got a Providence team that they wanted up losing a couple days ago. They wanted getting just completely punked for lack of a better term, when they wound up playing against Creighton. Creighton wanted putting on them a 30-2 run, and we all know that it's a Providence team that has been finding themselves as a frequent contributor to Ken Palm's luck metric, as they've been number one with that regard so many times this season. A team that I wound up talking about in the last segment, Akron, a team that was able to punch their ticket from the Mack they are 8-3 straight up whenever they find themselves as an underdog. And if you're just taking a look against the spread, I think that they have covered all but one of their games because they wound up being able to cover that game that they wound up playing early on in the season against Ohio State. They've really been able to do a solid job all season long. They did wind up failing to cover actually two games this season. One of those games was against Kent State. The other was against Toledo. But certainly a team that whenever they have been finding themselves in these big time circumstances, maybe able to do a solid job being able to come up with outright wins. And then if you're taking a look at another team, that I think is going to be interesting. That'd be the Miami hurricanes. They wound up going out in the ACC tournament after being able to cover against Duke. And they wanted up being able to pull off that outright win against Duke that really launched themselves a little bit earlier the season. They are seven and four straight up. This is not, against the spread or anything like that this is just straight up money line whenever they have been an underdog and this is a team that if they've been a pick 'em or any sort of an underdog they have covered all but two of their games so far this season that is 12 in total so they have been very trustworthy for you there and if you're taking a look at a team that has been able to do a good job as a favorite because i mean we take a look at all these teams and how they're able to do as underdogs and i do feel like when it comes to the ncaa tournament we're all asking Who's going to be that 12 over five? Who's going to be that team that's a 13 seed or less that's going to be able to get the job done? I think it's just as important to take a look at these teams that maybe they will come through all season long as a favorite. And when it comes down to it, the team that's been most trustworthy for you all season long that is probably going to be finding themselves as a little bit of a better seed because you do have teams that are going to be outside the NCAA tournament that are going to be finding themselves there. Ironically enough, you got a pair of SEC teams. That would be Auburn and Tennessee. Now, the big thing with Auburn is that they have been so much better at home rather than anywhere else. That You do want to note this, but as a betting favorite this year, Auburn has been 18-10-1 and against the spread. They've been able to get the job done whenever they have been a rather sizable favorite. So that is something that I do think is intriguing. You've got a Tennessee team that is 16-9 against the spread. We're going to be hitting on the other side that Tennessee versus... Texas a game because obviously that's going to be of intrigue and ironically enough you've got a lot of teams that are going to be taking the floor on Sunday that they have been very good as a favorite Davidson they are 15 and 9 against the spread as a favorite you've got a Houston team that has always been very good as a favorite under Kelvin Sampson this is a team that whenever they wind up being a favorite they take care of their business 20 and 12 against the spread now If you wind up taking out their games against Memphis the last two years, they would actually be significantly better because Memphis is a team that always seems to wind up getting them. But I do think that that is intriguing to take a look at. Meanwhile, you've got a couple teams that let's just call it what it is. They've been a little bit less than trustworthy whenever they have been a favorite. I mentioned Purdue, the fact that they have failed to cover each out of their last nine games. Overall, you got an Alabama team that if you've been betting on them this year, I mean, this is going to be the most intriguing team to take a look at. They are seven and 18 against the spread as a favorite. But I mean, with Alabama, you've also got a team that they have knocked off the two teams that wound up going to the national championship game last season as well. They wound up being able to take down Baylor in the sec big 12 challenge. They wound up going to Seattle. So to the state that Gonzaga is located in, and they were able to get a win there as right around a 10 or so point underdog. So I mean, it's an Alabama team that they could literally beat and lose to anyone in the country because they've got those wins and also lost to Georgia, wound up canning Tom Crean, and it's a Georgia team that wound up losing on their home floor earlier this year to the likes of Gardner Webb. So boy, oh boy, buckle up for safety there with Alabama. It's going to be very intriguing to take a look at, but also. Whenever expectations have become a little bit greater on Marquette, they're a team that they haven't necessarily been able to do so well. Four and nine against the spread. If you're looking for teams that are sort of tail going into the NCAA tournament, I do think that Marquette is a fair one to take a look at. This is a bunch of which they have covered just one out of their last nine games that wanted being that game that they wanted being able to get the job done against St. Johnson. But And it's a Marquette team that if you take a look at the metrics, they were playing above their skis a little bit all season long. And I do think that that is something to take a look at. Some of these advanced analytics, because with this Marquette team, they rank outside the top 250 with regards to a rebound rate. That's just merely if you wind up having, if you wind up having 100 rebounds in a game, if you wind up grabbing 50, your rebound rate is 50 if you'd grab 51 it'd be 51 if you wind up grabbing 49 it would be 49 so just nice clean and simple there but they just have not been able to do a solid job with that aspect at all it's a team that with regards to points scored on a per possession basis they've been able to improve throughout the season but they still leave quite a bit of something to be desired on both sides of it that points to perhaps these teams are this team is maybe getting just a tad bit lucky because and you just take a look at this Marquette team with regards to a point scored on a per-possession basis, they're 150th. You take a look at them, and I do think that there's going to be a lot of vulnerability. Now, you can take a look at things with... Teams like Providence, teams like Marquette, and you can attribute it to things like the clutch gene and everything like that. I do think that it's real. I don't think that you can downplay that, and both teams are very well coached. is Smart is someone that you're able to rely upon to do a relatively solid job. Now that he's away from Texas, it just felt like it was a bad fit there, and I do think that there is something to a coaching fit. I do think that you're able to rely upon him, and Ed Cooley, One of the best in the business at being able to close out close games. You've got to give them a little bit of credit where credit is due on that front, but at the same time, it is a little bit lucky when you wind up having a lot of these games. I've used this reference a few times, and I'll use it once again. If you're someone that you're looking to get to work, you're always driving in rush hour traffic, and you wind up just finding yourself in a situation where you have to try to get to work because you cut it a little bit too close. There are some drivers that they do a little bit of a better job of be able to maneuver through traffic. And then there are others that they aren't necessarily able to do such a good job. They aren't re- able to re- read the traffic as well, but with that said if you keep wind up leaving at the absolute last minute at some point no matter how well you are able to navigate through it it is going to catch up with you so i do think that that is something that is very interesting to take a look at as well when it comes to a team that you're able to look to to the over it is iowa once again i think that that's a little bit of a giveaway as to what i'm going to be taking a look at for the dk nation pick but that is a team that i think is very interesting i was hoping we were going to be able to get uc irvine into the NCAA tournament because they're a team that they always wind up playing very slow they always wind up playing very grimy and I do think that those historical trends are always something that you want to take a look at because if you're taking a look at sort of your top over and under teams at all of college basketball UC Irvine has always been one of them but you take a look at some of these teams out there in the Big East and I do notice that you've got quite a few teams that they've been able to do a relatively solid job on defense and they've been relatively solid to the under if you wind up seeing Creighton in any sort of a postseason tournament they want to play. 65% of their games to the under seen all is a team that they wound up playing 20 out of their 30 games under as well. So that's been very intriguing to take a look at with that regard. And you've just got sort of over and under conferences. We've been noticing it out there in the summit league. For instance, you've got a South Dakota state team that they're in the top five with regards to offensive efficiency. As a matter of fact, I believe that they are now number one and I do think that they're going to be able to cause some fits for some teams and if you're taking a look at South Dakota State as well when it comes to the three-point shooting percentage they shoot as a collective over 45% from three-point range the only other team that shoots over 40% as collective the team that's going to be representing the Patriot League in the NCAA tournament in Colgate so I do think that those are some things that are very fascinating a couple teams that are very good in situational spots as an underdog some teams are good to the over to the under as well and a lot of the teams I want to mention with regards to covering as favorites they're going to be on the betting board for this Sunday so let's take a look at what we're going to be getting out there in the Atlantic 10 next right here on v Esports Bank Network.
1: you're
0: experiencing hoops peterson himself on vsn the sports betting
1: network
2: get everything you need to bet the band this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide including advice data and strategies for only 19 dollars whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every single round of the tournament Get expert analysis from folks like myself, Greg Hughes and Mad Humans, who wound up joining me about 45 minutes ago on the show, John Von Tobel, Tim Murray, and so many others. We've got the insights for every single key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderellas. Sign up today, and you'll be able to get the betting guide plus full access to Vsin through April 5th, and this is all for just $19 at slash madness As it is a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Hughes Fearson, and. It is going to be absolute madness as well. And we talk all about the NCAA tournament. We talk about these teams that we're going to be seeing perhaps be able to spring a 12 over a five upset. The favorites that we think are going to be able to roll to the final four list goes on and on. Do not forget. We do have the NIT we do wind up having something that's a little bit rebranded as well. You've got a little bit of something because you wind up having the CBI and if you're wanting to go back a few years ago before I wanted pretty much having the kibosh put on it due to COVID the CIT. Now you've got the basketball classic as well. Looks like we might be getting a couple games on Monday. I'll be breaking down all these games as well. So don't you worry for those of you guys that are the die yards of college basketball. We've got you covered there. It's something that I always wind up mentioning on this show. It does not matter if you're betting on the Super Bowl. If you're betting on duke north carolina if you're betting on the big 10 title game or if you wind up betting on say texas southern versus elkhorn state on saturday money is money now probably not going to be able to get as much down on texas southern if you're someone that's a big time roller or anything like that as opposed to say the super bowl but with that said winning tickets are winning tickets It doesn't matter how you wind up getting them. Don't apologize if you wind up taking a little bit of a smaller game. As a matter of fact, I think it's a little bit of a badge of honor when you do wind up being able to scope out winners when it comes to something out there in the Miac or something like that but I do think that's really important to take a look at and I say that as a little bit of a precursor because if Richmond does not wind up winning on Sunday they're most likely going to be one of those teams that winds up finding themselves in something like this see in something like the NIT the newly rebounded like the basketball classic something like that as we do wind up going 645 646 on the banking board Richmond and Davidson are going to be doing battle. Right now, it's Davidson who finds themselves at DraftKings, a three and a half point favorite. Other places, you're finding them at a four. And your are drawing this game is anywhere between 136.5 and 137. I do want to setting my line at a three and a half. Right now, at DraftKings, you're finding Davidson, though they are at three and a half. You're going to have to lay minus 120 juice on it. That makes it a play for me on Richmond. I do want to saying Richmond at three and a half especially if you're getting fours, which I'm seeing all across Vegas right now, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Richmond. I do think that this is a little bit of a motivational spot for them. Now it's not to say that Davidson winds up having a lack of motivation in this game. So I do want to make that very clear because we always find appearing some of these motivational spots and it's like, Oh, this team has a whole bunch of motivation and it's as if the other team is just out there. They really don't care. It's like, Oh, we're just putting on a show for Bob who's sitting on his beanbag chair eating Cheetos or something like that. No, I mean, David said, they still have a lot of motivation themselves. It's not that way, but I mean, you've got a Richmond team that they want to bring back a whole bunch of fifth year seniors after last season. We're going to call it what it is. It was a big giant bustaroonie. And this year was looking like it was going to be a disappointment for them as well. But, I do think that Richmond actually matches up quite well with Davidson. Last time these two teams wound up playing, it was a three-point game which Davidson wound up bearing like a 28-footer with a few seconds remaining to be able to get the win in that game. But I take a look at Richmond, and I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job down low. You've got Tyler Burton and Grant Golden. Both of these guys are between six foot eight and six foot ten. Burton is really a little bit more of an outside shooter for this team, a guy that. Is able to shoot right around 38% from three point range. Grant Golden has been able to do a solid job as well as these two guys combined to be able to give you 31 points, 13 and a half rebounds. Golden gives you 1.8 assists per game. So he really helps out Jacob Gilliard. Jacob Gilliard is the all time leader in college basketball in terms of steals per game. He is a guy that has been able to give you 3.1 per contest this season and all time leader just overall in terms of steals. And then you take a look at the savings team, man they are one of the most efficient teams on offense that so you're gonna find in all of college basketball in terms of total points scored on a per possession basis they are eighth in the country and they actually shoot better in a road and neutral court environment rather than at home they're one of just five teams that shoot above 40 percent from three-point range whenever they are away from home and they shoot more around 34 percent at home i have no idea how i have no idea why but davidson has been able to do their best work when they've been away from the state of north carolina Now, how? Richmond wound up getting to this spot is very intriguing because you wound up having them play against Dayton yesterday. I know that many of you guys around Dayton were not necessarily too pleased that they wound up blowing a 14 point lead in that contest. And it was all because Malachi Smith for a Dayton team that now very much finds themselves on the bubble. I fear that they might be on the outside looking in if this injury is very prevalent for them because they wound up having their main point guard in Malachi Smith Wind up going down. He wound up playing 18 minutes. From there, you wound up seeing the classic melt job from Dayton. From there, Dayton did wind up having too many. Kamara give you 17 points, 14 boards. So he was able to do a solid job there. But with this Richmond team, what I think was very intriguing, what you wound up seeing in that game is that all of a sudden, you've got a little bit more help as well. Matt Grace, a guy that's only been able to average four points per contest. I had higher hopes for this gentleman. He's been able to come through, and he's been able to make some winning plays for this team. He's now been able to give the team at least three rebounds in five of the team's last six contests. A guy that's six foot nine is able to pop a couple threes, and that's big for a Richmond team that they really like a lot of depth. I mentioned the gentleman in Burton and Golden. You've also got Jacob Gilliard. Really pass that. You've got one other guy that averages more than nine points per contest. That would be Nate Ko. Nate Ko is a guy that has been all sorts of inconsistent for this team. we we'll up having just two points in the game yesterday, and yet the team was still able to get the job done. And with Richmond, the key for the team has always been defense because the offense is relatively efficient. Both of these teams are actually very efficient on offense. You've got a Davidson team that... They rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per game basis. Meanwhile, it's a Richmond team that they turn the ball over right around 10 times per game themselves. So maybe able to do a good job there. But Richmond always a team that they wind up giving up a lot of three point shots. They're a team that they rank outside of the top 175 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. They just haven't necessarily been able to hold up there. And what I think it's very intriguing with this as well. Is going to be the tempo in this game because. The last time these two teams wound up playing, it was 87 to 84. Neither team could stop anyone. You wound up seeing both of these teams bury over 10 threes, So it wound up being airbrained. It wound up being all out of control. These are two teams that are not up-tempo. You had Davidson team that is 322nd in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. Richmond's a little bit faster, but I mean, at 244th, it's not necessarily something there, and I always get asked with regards to my numbers when it comes to this time of year, how much do I wind up shading down for various aspects? You've got the neutral court environments. You do wind up having teams just, in general, playing a little bit slower because for a lot of these teams, they're playing three games in three days, four games in four days, and... Quite a bit i mean in a normal regular season game i'd be setting this solo probably closer to about a 138 139 but here in a neutral court environment all the chips being on the table me thinking that it's going to be a relatively close game which if it's like a three-point differential with a minute left to go you're not going to be getting that late game felling. as a result i do think that a 137 after which during the regular season would be pretty online, I would actually call it a little bit low. Now I think it's relatively high, just given the circumstance. And I do think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at because I've always been asked why I think that teams wind up having a little bit of a tough drive scoring. And you just have a lot on the line in general. When you do wind up having a title, a trip to the NCAA tournament guaranteed to you, you wind up being a little bit more shaky. And what winds up faltering more? Being able to pull in rebounds, being able to just generally make passes, Or jump shooting and the answer is always jump shooting and got a pair of teams that they do a relatively okay job with regards to three-point shooting for Richmond. Davidson, they obviously do a significantly better job with that. And I do think that it affects the team that they rely a little bit more on the three more in Davidson because you do take a look at this Davidson team, and it's a team that I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the fact that they do an absolutely terrific job when it comes to the three-point shooting percentage, but if you take a look at just the percentage of their shots that they wind up taking from three-point range, it is actually quite a few when it comes to this Davidson team. They're right around the top 100 with this regard when it comes to 3 Three point rate merely the amount of points or the amount of shots that you wind up taking from three-point range and running neutral court environments davidson takes right around 41 percent of them from three-point range i think that that is very important to know because that means that there's a little bit more volatility with regards to some of these teams as well so that does always wind up playing a little bit of an aspect with this but i do think that you've got yourself a richmond team that they were able to catch a little bit of a break with regards to the injury that we wound up seeing in the Dayton game. I do think that they are going to be able to turn it forward. Last time these two teams wound up playing, it was relatively tight. So I think that you've got some value here with Richmond. I'm willing to take four here with Richmond. Like I said, with my total 134 and a half, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under end. What I think is very intriguing as well with regards to these games and conference tournaments. And I do think that it's going to manifest itself for the ncaa tournament if you're just taking a look at rate of games that wind up going under the total 53.3 percent in the last seven days in college basketball have wound up going under the total you can tell that these guys are playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder underdogs by the way if you're taking a look at this they've only been able to cover 47.3 percent of games in the last seven days according to cover so i do think that that is something to be able to take a look at something else to be able to take a look at the sec championship game as well this is going to be a good one between texas a&m and tennessee you might have a little bit of bit thievery if Texas A&M, you don't think that they are a lock. So we're going to be breaking down this game next right here on the Greg Peterson experience as we take you through a college basketball Sunday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: And everything that you need to bet the madness is here with 24/7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy, for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against a spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every single round of the tournament. Get expert analysis from myself, Greg e. Pearson, Matt Humans, John Von Tobel, and Tim Murias. You've got the insights for every single key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderellas. Sign up today and you'll be able to get the betting guide plus full access to VSN through April 5th for just $19. That is at VCN.com slash madness. I said it's a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and we're taking you through what is going to be the last day of the college basketball. I guess you could call it regular season because we are actually, it looks like on Monday, like I said. Going to be getting some games out here with this little bit of a random new tournament. It's sort of the rebrand of the CBI with the Basketball Classic. I'll have you guys covered there, obviously, the NCAA Tournament, the NIT. It's going to be all rambunctious and a team that I feel like has played their way in the NCAA Tournament. I'm sure that they would love to be able to get the auto bid, but I think that they've done enough here. Maybe Texas A&M. They're going to be taking the floor on Sunday with... The right to be able to not have to sweat it out on Sunday if they're able to get the win against Tennessee. This is gonna be out here in Tampa, Florida, 647, 648 on the betting board. Right now you're finding a total anywhere between 130.5 and 131 with Tennessee being a six and a half point favorite. I did wind up saying my total at a 130 and a half. If it winds up coming down to a situation because right now we're seeing a couple 131, seeing a straight 131 and a half out there as well comes to the situation which we got like a between a 130 and a 131 which is right in between my number i would rather have a 131 under rather than a 130 over personally because you do take a look at the Tennessee team they're a mid-tempo team and you've got a texas a&m team that they're sort of in that same vein as well texas a&m typically very much defense oriented under Buzz Williams, they're right around 100th with regards to possessions per game. So they've been playing a little bit faster this year, but they're not necessarily a breakneck-based team. But both of these teams have really been able to excel on defense, especially Tennessee. A team that with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. This is a team that they rank 7th in all of college basketball. Texas A&M has not necessarily been as out, but... I mean, they've been able to rise up a little bit through the weeks. They're right around 52nd with this regard, and they've traveled relatively well. Home and road splits, they're only giving up right around 5.5 point, more points per 100 possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. And what I think is very critical for the Texas AM and team is that though they've had to play a lot of games here in the SEC tournament, they're a team that they've actually got a relatively solid amount of depth. So I think that they're going to be a little bit less tired. Than what you'd expect to see out of a team that has been playing so much, their headliners, Quentin Jackson, he's been able to do an amazing job, 14 and a half points, right around three and a half boards per game. And I still go back to it with Tennessee. If I do have one issue with the Tennessee team, it's that you really don't have a lot of rebounding with this team. They've got one guy that averages more than five and a half rebounds per game. That would be Josiah Jordan James. I like Josiah Jordan James. He's the guy that just winds up making winning plays for the team. Nine and a half points, five and a half boards, a block, a steal per game, and Brendan Huntley hartfield has been able to come through, being able to give you five plus boards in five other teams' the last seven games, so he's been able to do a good job. I always wind up getting this last name wrong, but Evan, uh, but Oliver Nemakea has been able to, or Evan Nemakua. hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. He was one of the team's top rebounders. He has been out the last seven games for the team, was a guy that was giving them right around five and a half boards per game. Him being out of the fold, that wound up hurting the Tennessee team a little bit. And when I take a look at the Tennessee team, the biggest thing is the three-point shooting is always so suspect with this team. They're a team that they've got Santiago Viscovy. They've also got Kennedy Chandler, a pair of guys that give you 13 and a half points per contest. They combine to be able to give you right around eight assists per game. I just don't know if I could trust in this team. We see it year in and year out with Tennessee where they wind up getting into the NCAA tournament and they you just take a look at Rick Barnes and he's been one of the worst cover coaches in all of college basketball. When it comes to the NCAA tournament and you're able to extend that into the sec tournament a little bit as well. When it comes to this Tennessee bunch with regards to having just a couple guys, be able to contribute. You need more out of John Fulkerson, a guy that I thought was going to be able to take some strides forward this year. He's only been able to get the team right around four and a half rebounds per game and has really been coming off the bench for this team. So that has been a little bit of an issue when it comes to Tennessee. They shoot from three-point range at home, 39.7%. In a road and neutral court environment, 31.2%. They got very lucky in their game against Kentucky that they wound up going to 20 from three-point range. Out. Was a lot of it good defense? Absolutely. Tennessee was playing good defense. Kentucky going to 20 from three-point range. out was just a little bit of an anomaly. So I do think that they're going to... Need to do a little bit of a better job of be able to hit their shots in this game, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to do so. When it comes to this Texas A&M team, you've got a lot of depth when it comes to this team. Marcus Williams being on the fold that does wind up hurting them. He's a gentleman that wanted coming in from Wyoming was able to do a solid job of be able to all out the ball. But ever since he's been out of the fold, Texas A&M has been able to do a relatively steady job of be able to keep things online. You've got someone like an Andre Gordon who's been able to give you right around six and a half points, two and a half boards, two assists. Relatively good glue guy for this team. Download Tyrese Radford, or Henry Coleman. They combine to be able to give you 22 points, 12 rebounds. Both of these guys give you a seal per contest, and that really is a specialty of both of these teams. Both of these teams are going to be looking to turn defense into offense as they both do one of the better jobs in all of college basketball with regards to steals on a per game and a per possession basis. You take a look at this Texas A&M team, and you've got five different guys on the roster. that give you at least one seal per contest. It is a... Tennessee team that with regards to steals per game, they rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball as well. And if you want to get a little bit more, I guess you call it exact with it, with regards to just total steals on a per possession basis, both of these teams, they are ranking in the top 15 in all of college basketball. Got Tennessee team that they're clocking in right around eighth in Texas A&M. They're actually number three. And in a road and neutral court environment, they're number one in all of college basketball with this regard. That is how Texas A&M has been able to, be able to make this run and when it comes to texas a&m as well i like what i'm seeing out of wade taylor the fourth as well a guy that has been typically coming in off the bench for this team not a guy that's going to give you a whole bunch of scoring but a guy that's able to give you right around eight points per contest has been a guy that has been able to shoot it well from three point range for a team that has needed a little bit of three-point shooting texas a&m wound up experiencing quite a bit of a fall off with regards to our outside shooting when it came to what they were able to get from the beginning part of the season but you take a look at him going into their game yesterday in the previous 12 contests he was doing a very solid job of being able to give you right around eight and a half points per contest the three-point shot had really been fading away on him but was able to do a good job of being able to get to the free throw line and i do think that that is something that's going to be very important for texas a and m because this is a tennessee team that they are very willing to follow so i do think that texas a and m while i don't think that they wind up getting the job done outright i expect a spirited effort i think that texas a and m is very well coached i think that you can trust it buzz williams to be able to cover the spread Set my line here at five and a half. So I'm gonna be willing to take the points. Set my total at a 130 and a half. So seeing the 131, see even the straight 131 and a half, would rather have that under rather than an over in this spot, with a lot of numbers being right around where I want to making this total as. We've also got out there an intriguing battle when it comes to the Ivy League. How about if we go 643, 644? Princeton and Yale are gonna be doing battle. Princeton opens up a three point favorite. Now you're finding them at a three and a half in pretty much all spots in your total game in between 142 and 143.5. 143 and I do wind up saying my line at a three and a half and I'll make it very clear. I need at least four to be able to take a shot on Yale. If this does not wind up moving any further, I'd be willing to lay a three and a half here with Princeton. Now with Princeton, the big trepidation that you have with this team is free throw shooting. They're a team that they shoot right around 66 and percent at the free throw line. They rank in the bottom 40 in all of college basketball, With that regard, that's not great. But you do have a Princeton team that is one of the best offensive teams that you're going to find in all of college basketball because They rank in the top 15 in terms of three-point shooting percentage, both in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, and it is a team that travels in a road and neutral court environment. This is a team that they are sixth in all of college basketball with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. Only teams that are better than them, South Dakota State, Iowa, Furman, Davidson, Gonzaga, and Duke, so they're actually seventh but and they do a good job there. Meanwhile, we've got a Yale bunch that they've just been a little bit up and down. They've been able to do a solid job on defense in the Ivy League, but when they wound up trying to play in one well, their non-conference games, they just did not look solid. And this is a team that they've got some demonstrative home-and-road splits, averaging 12.3 points fewer on a road and neutral court environment when they are away from home. So that's a little bit of an issue. And Yale is pretty much a one-man band. You've got Azir Swain, who's able to give you 17.5 points per contest. You don't have a single guy behind him that gives you more than 4.7 rebounds per game. That'd be EJ Jarvis who wanted to deal with a little bit of an injury. Meanwhile, for Princeton, Ethan Wright is a guy that you're able to rely upon for 14.7 rebounds per game. Tosan of Wildman has been absolutely amazing for this team as well. He's a six-foot-eight, little bit of a combo player. Among their top five scores, he's the only guy that shoots below, I would say, 39% from three-point range. But with that said, at six-foot-eight, he's able to give you right around 15 points, chips in there, seven rebounds, is the team's leader in assists as well. So he gives the team a very good versatility with that regard. I think that it's going to be very difficult for Yale to be able to match up with them. Yale has been very good on defense recently, but Princeton, they've been able to score at least 69 points in now 23 straight games are a little bit of an unstoppable force. Got a Yale team that ranks in the top 75. With regards to possessions for game. princeton is outside the top 200 with regards points a lot on per possession basis i think that this total should be a little bit higher even though the stakes are relatively big in this game i wound up saying my total at of 147 so i'm going to be taking a look at an over with princeton willing to lay up to a three and a half with them i would need four or more to take a shot here on yale so that's where he's saying on that one and in the final segment we're going to be taking a look at the last two games on the college basketball betting board before we wind up getting the bracket revealed so we're going to be hitting upon on those X right here on the Great Peterson experience on VSEN, the sports betting network You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN the sports
0: betting network
2: Look your best and draft your best with Just for Men, the March Basketball Series. Draft a winning lineup in two free-to-play contests for your shot at a share of $10,000 in total prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash JFM to join in on the action today. In terms and conditions do apply along with other eligibility restrictions. See DraftKings.com for details. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Eubes Pearson and In a few short hours, we are going to be knowing who is going to be in the field of 68. The only unfortunate thing with Selection Sundays, it always comes on Daylight Savings Time. I was talking with my producer, Brian Ortega. I have no idea how. I have no idea why. But without fail, you wind up losing an hour on one of the most busy days of the college basketball season. Fortunately, when you don't wind up sleeping, you don't wind up losing an hour of sleep. So there is something that is very fortunate about that. But with that said, I always do find it to be very...
1: Fine, try this from the Washington
2: Post wherever you listen. Ironic, something that I find to be terrific is. The final two games that we're going to be getting prior to the reveal of the NCAA tournament bracket as You've got Memphis versus Houston and Iowa versus Purdue. Iowa-Purdue is the subject of the DK Nation pick. We're going to be hitting that last, so we're going to start out with 649-650 here. Houston versus Memphis. This is going down in Fort Worth, Texas. You've got Houston, who's finding themselves anywhere between a 3.5 to a 4-point favorite. This has went down significantly. This opened up in a lot of spots, right around a 5.5. You even wound up seeing... Had a couple of books out here in Las Vegas at a six in your turnous game, saying between a 133 and a half and one thirty-four. I wound up gobbling up one of those early numbers personally on Memphis because I wound up saying my line at four, I was having myself a nice one and a half to two point differential earlier on. Now this is pretty much where I got it sitting. Now at a four exactly, I would rather take the points with Memphis rather than laying them with Houston, but if you wind up getting down south of four, then the value is just really gone here in this spot because you do have a Houston team that I think that they're going to come out rather angry after they wound up losing twice in the regular season to Memphis. If you have a trepidation with Memphis and it is a big one, they just don't take care of the ball. Out of 358 D1 teams, they're in the bottom 15 in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis. And even in their game against SMU that we wound up seeing yesterday, they still were turning the ball over left and right now. They were also playing pretty much five on eight because the refs, they were just not doing them any favors whatsoever. DeAndre Williams falling out of that game with about 11 minutes ago That's a calamity. And I to tweeting this out and I'll say it once again. These players are playing at a championship level. When it comes to your bets, these refs are not doing you any favors whatsoever. It's not a conspiracy or anything like that. They're just bad at their jobs. It's just, it is what it is. So, I mean, you're able to take a look at that, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of this Houston team. And they're a team that they do a great job on the offensive glass. As a matter of fact, on missed shots, they are number one in all of college basketball at being able to get an offensive rebound on them, rebounding right around 38.5% of their misses, which is terrific. Fabian White, Josh Charlton. These two guys, they combine for about 24 and a half to 25 points per contest. You've got White, who's able to shoot just below 40% from 3 point range. has been rock solid there. And you've got a Houston team that is one of the best in all of college basketball at being able to do it on both ends, as they're a team that with regards points allowed on a per-possession basis, they rank in the top five in all of college basketball. But you also take a look at them in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They rank 11th with that aspect as well. The only other team that really ranks in the top 15 is In college basketball, with both regards, that would be Arizona. It's 14th in defensive efficiency. And then with regards to offensive efficiency, they rank sixth. So this is a team that they check all the boxes. Also Gonzaga. I forgot about Gonzaga. That's a team that they're in the top five in both of those because they're pretty stinking good. But you do take a look at this Houston team. And I do think that them being, having Jamal Sheed, at the point guard spot is very big because they're a team that they only turn the ball over right around 11 at times for contest. they're very efficient with it they're not necessarily a great three-point shooting team but they do a good job of being able to knife inside so i do think that that's going to be helped them out a little bit and then you also take a look at this houston team and they do a good job of being able to generate turnovers this is a team that with regards to the steals on a per possession basis they rank 19th in all of college basketball the bigger look here for memphis is that they've got jalen duran down low who's going to be able to take away little bit the edge that you wind up having with the season front court because he's a guy that's able to give you 12 and a half points seven and a half rebounds gives you right around two and a half blocks per contest this is a memphis team that they themselves have been one of the better rebounding teams in all of college basketball you just take a look at the way that memphis has been able to play defense and it has been stifling recently they were a team that Back in like early to mid-January, they were outside the top 75 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. They've been able to really climb up the ranks here in recent weeks. They're now finding themselves more in the top 40 with this aspect, and it's been a team that's been able to travel. You take a look at them being able to win on the road a little bit earlier in the year against Houston. That was a rather impressive win, and... It's a bunch that it feels like they've been able to do their best work the last few years in general in march penny hardaway did an absolutely terrible job of coaching this team in january but now he's got these seen these guys playing hard he's done a much better job as a coach he deserves credit where credit is due he deserved blame where blame was due in january and if you wind a blaming guy for doing a bad job before you got to give him credit when things have turned around things have turned around with this team DeAndre Williams is a guy that has been able to do a solid job, giving you 11.5 points per game. And then you've got the backcourt of Lester Keyones along Flanders. Zolli, these two guys combined for about 20.5 points per contest. Tyler Harris is a solid three-point shooter for this team. And when it comes down to it, for this Houston team, you do have a guy in Taze Moore that i like. And Kyler Edwards is a guy that very nearly went off for a triple-double against Tulane yesterday. That was an 86-66 win for this Houston Cougars team. He was able to do a very good job being able to give you right around the right around 13 and a half points per contest is what he's averaging five and a half boards right around three and a half assists per game. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier, Houston being one of your better cover teams as a favorite, 20 and 12 against the spread in their last 32 games when they have been a favorite. And you take a look at them in the Calvin Sampson era. They've been able to cover darn near 60% of their games as a favorite in the last five years. So they've been very dominant in this role. But the one team that has been able to get them, that would be the Memphis Tigers. So I do find it to be intriguing. It is a line in which I did wind up setting up for four or more willing to take a shot on Memphis. We're seeing three three and a half pop up there as well once you wind up getting to three and a half, I do think that there is a little bit of value here on this Houston team, and you do have a team in Memphis that plays at very much a breakneck pace. They're in the top 50 in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. Like I mentioned with Houston, they run the more efficient offenses in all of college basketball as well. I do think that you're going to get a little bit of late game felling in this game, so I also did wind up setting my total at a 138. I'm going to be taking a look at it and over, and I am I want to personally take a look at Memphis a little bit earlier. I want to being able to gobble that up early, so it's a case in which I want to firing on that line up getting down any further. And then I just think that the value has just wound up coming and going with that aspect. Now we wind up hitting the DK nation pick to be able to wrap things up. 651, 652 Iowa and Purdue doing battle out there in Indianapolis. Right now you're finding Purdue in a lot of spots. Now a two and a half point favorite and you're drawing this game. It is anywhere between 148 and 149 and got into a Purdue team that, has failed to cover each other their last nine games. They have one push in there, but that said, they have not been a good cover team at all. And I wound up saying my line at two. So now that we're seeing the two and a half pop up, I do think that there's some value here on Iowa, but the real DK Nation pick that I'm going to be Putting in there, putting in the print, that is going to be the over. We were talking about this a little bit earlier with Matt and So you've got a pair of teams that they're just not playing any defense whatsoever. Both of these teams are outside the top 130 with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. But you take a look at both Iowa and Purdue. These teams have been absolutely tremendous fireballs on offense. Purdue, third in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. Iowa, fourth was actually better with regards to the three-point shooting percentage in a road and neutral court environment rather than at home. At home, they shoot right around 36.5% from three-point range uh, on the road and in a neutral court environment, closer to 37.5% to 38% from three-point range. And Purdue, among their top five scores, have made at least one three. So this throws out their seven-footer, Zach Eady. He's out of the fold in this one. Four of them shoot at least 39.5% from three-point range, including Jaden Ivey's able to give you 17 points per contest on the flip side. You've got a guy in Keegan Murray who's in the top five in all of college basketball in terms of points scored 23.5 ish per contest. Guy that's able to give you eight boards, a seal nap, and two blocks per game. So he has been absolutely amazing at being able to stuff the statue for an Iowa team that, Though they don't wind up playing a lot of defense, the defense that they do wind up playing, it typically leads to offense. This is an Iowa team that they're generating right around eight and a half steals per game, a very underrated aspect of this team. One thing that's different about them is that they have been able to have that this year. Jordan Mohannon has been able to do a solid job with that aspect, a guy that... Shoots over 80% at the free line. Has been rock solid there. you got an Iowa team that with regards to steals force on a per possession basis, they're now inside the top 100. So they able to do a solid job there. Now Purdue, they're not going to be forcing any turnovers whatsoever. And it doesn't matter who Iowa is playing. They're not turning the ball over. With regards to turnovers on a per possession basis, this is one of, if not the best team in all of college basketball. They turn the ball over on 12.8% of their possessions. Luckily enough, St. Thomas is number one with this aspect, but the only other team that's better, that would be this Wisconsin Badgers bunch as well. So I do think that this is an Iowa team that is going to be able to have a bunch of clean possessions. And you just take a look at the first two matchups that these two teams wound up playing. Both teams wound up getting that 70 plus in both of those contests. You've got a pair of teams that they just do a great job of being able to put up points upon points defense is not in their fulcrum so what I want to giving out for DK nation is the over I do mind up saying my total at a 152 and with Purdue Set them as a two-point favorite. So now that we've gotten north of two, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Iowa getting the points. And we've got you covered all throughout today with regards to coverage of Selection Sunday. You'll be seeing me on the network a lot, and you'll be seeing just all of our experts pulling out all the stops as we wind up finding out who the 68 teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament. And we'll give you everything that you need to be able to bet it all right here on v the Sports Betting Network.